I'll be reading two scriptures. Um, I'll be reading from the New International Version. The first scripture is in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verses 18 to 20. And that will be followed by John chapter 6, verse 27. So Ecclesiastes chapter 5, starting with verse 18. This is what I have observed to be good, that it is appropriate for a person to eat, to drink, and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, to accept their lot and be happy in their toil, this is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. Okay, now John, chapter 6, verse 27. Do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has placed his seal of approval. Good morning. Where to begin this morning? Those songs really struck me as, as being very significant. And particularly that one song that talked about, and it's a newer song to us, so, so we're just kind of learning it. And it's not very often that in Anabaptist churches, uh, you hear a lot of emphasis on wine. But do you get the imagery of the fact that in the crushing, in the pressing, in the, in the difficulty of uh, of life and in the difficulty of, uh, of all the things that we're dealing with, that somehow we can see that God is shaping us and molding us more and more into his likeness. That God is making new wine out of us even in the midst of labor. Now, it's Labor Day weekend, and I have often thought, that that's wonderful well hello there i thought it's it's you know it's really wonderful that that we can talk about labor unions and the celebration of national labor but but i i want to give a different spin to this today we didn't come up with it in this country and our labor unions didn't come up with it this whole concept of labor and work has been there from the very beginning. Work is a significant part of our lives. If I'm to see work in the way that God wants me to see it, what will that look like? How will we view it? That's something that we want to reflect on this morning is how do we look at a biblical view of work um, so that we're not only more successful, but we're happier. You know, people talk about working smarter so you can get more done, so you can accomplish more, you can achieve more. We, we talk about this, this concept of working smarter so that you can, you can maybe make more money if you're on uh, piecework, if you're earning your money on the basis of how much product you put out. But in this passage from John, this one verse that was read we have this understanding that we're to work for the things that last. 
That's an eternal work. But what is the relationship between our faith work and our work work, our labor work? Now, um, statistics indicate that the average worker who retires will have worked about 90,000 hours of his or her life. That's about 45 years of 40-hour work weeks. And that doesn't include the volunteer work for other organizations, churches, chores around the house. Work is a colossal fact of life. But the beginning of work is from the beginning of time. God himself worked for six days and then rested on the seventh. When God completed creation, he called it very good. We are created in God's image and designed to experience success and fulfillment through hard work. The concept, many have reflected, that, that labor is something that was given as a result of sin is actually not quite accurate. Because if you read through Genesis at the beginning, God employed Adam to be working in the garden before there was sin. And so the labor wasn't the defining factor of the result of him sinning. It was this reference to thorn bushes and thistles that in fact there would be difficulty in that work. But we do understand that there is a struggle that many of us have. I mean, let's, let's look at this. Work was never just a curse. Do we see work as a gift? Now, many people would say that, um, you know, uh, much, of, much of your life is, is determined only by how happy you are in your work. And I would say, I don't think so. Our life is determined and our joy is determined by the presence of God in our lives, no matter what we're doing, whether it's working or relaxing. And, and I do know that many of you will probably be working harder <laughs> on Labor Day than you might have if you went to work. In other words, you're working to catch up with all the things that maybe you didn't get caught up with before. But this morning, we want to talk about a biblical attitude toward work. What does the Bible teach us about it? You know, Ronald Reagan once said, and this was probably one of his more famous quotes, the man who does, not, who does what he loves will never work another day in his life. If you love what you do, he's saying, it's not work. Now, that's something that is challenging to, to view it that way. But um, if, you, if we want to talk together about how we experience work and our faith intermingling, that to me is a far more fo important focus for us in a biblical context on this weekend than, than simply talking about work as if it's completely separated from our faith. I'd like to give uh, credit to uh, Richard Toe, a pastor, who uh, shared uh, some thoughts on this through Sermon Central. And, and he gave some, some interesting insights into this whole question about how, 
how does, does faith and work interact with each other? The, the first point that I, I want to share, and let's just look at this. In the passage that Rod read, Ecclesiastes 5, 18. Then I realized, and now you have to understand, okay, this is coming from Ecclesiastes, regularly thought of as the Solomon, or the wisdom of Solomon. In other words, Solomon uh, being the author of writing down. And in the whole book of Ecclesiastes, what he's trying to do is what we often try to do, which is to answer the question, what is the meaning of life? Now, if somebody walked up to you in the sidewalk and said, in one sentence, what is the meaning of life? And in fact, uh, if you follow through the book of Ecclesiastes, there's a lot of different thoughts on it. In fact, he, he even at one point reflects on the, fi- on the fact that meaningless, meaningless, life is meaningless. I think that's true outside of God. I think it's futile to keep trying outside of God. I think that all we experience is the crushing and the pressing, the, the, the labor of it, the hard difficulty of it and the struggle with it and our depression and, and our, our, our anger and, and our, our, our fears. And that's all we have outside of the fact that there is a sense of purpose and meaning because of who God is to us. So this morning, I would like to ask you, if any of you would like to share some thoughts about how you integrate the, the reality of God's presence, how you view your work as crushing and pressing and creating something new, a new wine, a new attitude, a new work. And I know that's tough. Some of you have worked with people that have been very challenging to work with. And, and you haven't much appreciated their crushing and their pressing. <laughs> and their cursing. And their belittling. And all of the other stuff that goes with that. And we can easily fall prey to that and say, yeah. But the question that we'll look at this morning is, how does God bring purpose and new life and new works of the Holy Spirit out of those kinds of depressing, menial kinds of tasks? And how do we, how do we work with that? Um, so I would like to, the ushers have, have microphones. I, I'm just, you know, if, if you take up the whole service sharing, that's fine with me. Um, I'll, I'll add in here and there, but I, Rather than have me tell you how to work and and how you integrate and and put God in with your tasks day to day, uh, I I would find that helpful. If you want to just raise your hand and they have a microphone that they can get to you, um, what have you done with this whole topic? How have you experienced it in your life? How has God spoken to you in that process of labor in in the jobs that you're in. Somebody want to start us off? Raise your hand or yell. My name is Art Martin. I live at South 7th Street in Goshen. I do two things 
to relax for therapy for my bad nerves. I do two things to relax the last number of years. Number one, I write articles of Bible-related materials that are very, very helpful to people. Number two, I have large, two large gardens. I raise garden produce, go out and peddle them, and encourage people to turn toward the Lord in my conversations. So those are the two things that I do to relax the last number of years. Thank you, Arthur. It's a good word. And what a great combination of things, uh, both the relaxation, but also uh, the labor and also the, and I, I, I can't help but, but point out what a wonderful encouragement that is that you held right up there with that, the sharing of your faith with others as you encounter them. Thank you for that. Someone else. God was in my heart and my husband's heart, uh, and he guided and directed and helped us establish a adoption resource services so that we could place uh, children in two-parent Christian homes, uh, which we've been doing since 1986. We've placed over 600 babies and children in Christian homes only. Um, and he has, been, he has been with us and me uh, throughout throughout the entire process. I could tell you stories all day and all night about how people, how birth mothers um, who find the Lord can, can change their lives and go on a new track, whereas birth mothers who do not have the Lord kind of are stuck right in their, in their difficulties. Um, so, and perhaps this is interesting to this audience, uh, adoptive couples who we've placed babies with say, give me angels and say that I'm an angel because I'm doing God's work. Thank you, Ruth. Uh, incredible. Uh, I said to think, think of the multiplication of faith in the generations to come. 600 people that, uh, that, that have, have, an, have an opportunity to know uh, the gospel and to, to hear the and live in the hope of Jesus Christ and the and the multiplication of that in families and families and children and their children for years to come. Thank you for that good work. Uh, it's, a, it's an excellent example. Someone else? Don't wait over here. Go ahead and raise your hand. He'll, Rick will get you the, the microphone over here. I think part of what I want to say is work doesn't have immediate results that you can see. Um, one, one example that I, I frequently think back to was um, a time at school where I was in the hallway and a, a kid had come out of the uh, principal's office on his way out. And it was a, a kid that I had had in baseball team, had on in my class. And I could tell he, he was just bothered. But, but I, I talked with him for about five, five minutes or so, just catching up, seeing how he's doing. And then he left. And it was probably 10, 12 years later that I saw him at funeral uh, for, his, for a parent of his. 
and he thanked me for stopping and just talking with him because it was a low time in his life right then and all he needed was simply somebody to value him and I did and it, it, it it's a scenario where I think okay, I had no clue what he was experiencing and that work was just simply time taken out of my day to interact but I didn't see any results and I didn't even know of any results or the impact for 10, 12 years but do our work day by day even if we don't see results that we want to see or expect at the moment. You know, we, we don't often realize, you know, how much people are watching us, looking at what it means to other people and, and, and how that can have an impact. Uh, if we're so caught up into our own things that we have to get done that we miss those opportunities. I believe work is very important because it allows us to take care of ourselves and have a sense of purpose in life. And if you're a good steward while you work, you're able to bless others. Man, that's the main thing about work is taking care of your family, but outside of your family is taking care of others also. You know, loving your neighbor as yourself. And I think also work is very challenging. And you are allowed to learn some very, very important spiritual principles. Patience, tolerance, acceptance you know because if you're like me sometimes you think you know what's best for the company when you don't know what's best for the company and that's a humbling experience you know but that's what you're up against in the work state and also work as Pastor West said we spend a lot of time at work so that has to be our mission field because most of our time is at work spent so, man, are we planting those seeds? Are we doing the things necessary for the kingdom of God? But I think work is essential. I have one more thing. The scripture says a person that doesn't work should not eat. And I kind of toss and turn with that because we have a major homeless epidemic throughout the United States. But you can look from the other side and say, oh, why those people aren't working? But if you don't get to know those people, there are certain situations that drove them there. Me and Rose had a friend that was an engineer, worked all his life. He lost his wife, and he died of alcoholism. He gave up after losing his wife. So until we've walked in their shoes, we just need to be, man, Jesus' hands and feet and carry the message. Excellent. Thank you, Mark. It's a good word. Yes, this speaks to me quite a bit. And you know how the, your heart starts pounding and you know that you need to share. So after about 19 and a half years in an optometry office, working my hardest to be a blessing in the office, I never expected myself to be uh, in the middle of a toxic office situation. And it was getting worse by the day. And being in management, you know, you have kind of a target on yourself. And uh, so it was getting worse and worse. And through my husband and through the Lord, I knew that I needed to be released from that. However, the part of the story that I think relates to what you're saying is 
there was a much, much pressing, much crushing, and I realized that it was out of my hands, and I was humbled by that and became totally dependent upon the Lord. After I gave my notice, um, which I, it was a three-week notice, the Lord told me, he said, this is going to be one of the most important part of your witnesses in the whole 19 and a half years you've been here because your witness needs to be your response to all of this. And I said, Lord, I don't know if I can do this. And he says, yes, you can with my help. And so every day I had prayed, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord and my God, because I felt like it put my heart in the right place going into the office every day. And he said, they're going to be watching you now for your response after they know that you've been mistreated. And um, so he was saying through scripture what John said, the Baptist. He said, he must increase, but I must decrease. And that's what the Lord was helping me to see. And so he said, you need to respond with dignity and respect no matter what they say, no matter what they do, because they need to see me, not you. And it was one of the most difficult situations I've ever been in my life, but the most fulfilling because I got very close to the Lord. So anyone, I want to encourage anyone, get close to the Lord if you're being, you know, crushed at work or whatever. And it opened up new opportunities after I left then that I've never thought would be possible to serve him. And through friends that were still at work and being able to encourage them. And if they would start over the lunch hour, the lights would be down. They'd start talking. They'd start complaining. I said, let's lift us in prayer. And they'd look at me like I had turned green and grown scales. I mean, they didn't, you know, let's look at this and let's, let's have you prayed about it? Have you lifted those people in prayer? And I, I found the Lord's intervention and the Lord's walking with me closer than I had in many, many years of my life. So praise him for that. And I think what Cindy shared is a, just a confirmation of what, what Mark was saying, that, that if, we can, if we can understand that our, our mission and our representation of Christ doesn't stop when we hit the time clock, doesn't start again when we check out of work and start going home, that, that all of life, we are on our mission of, of shaping and working with and and, and creating an opportunity that we may not know it's there. And again, whether in Doug's situation, whether it's something that he finds out many years later, or whether it's an immediate lunch, um, we may never know the impact. We don't need to. But the question is, do we see our work as an important mission of God? Someone else this morning. This is Rachel. This is Rachel Miller. And... Um so when I started my um, team that I'm on currently at Master Brand, um, I was a Christian, and then there's another older lady who was a Christian. So her and I would talk, have conversations about, you know, church service on Monday mornings. And as our team went from six down to three, um, her and I kept talking and about her service, my service, you know, Christian stuff during the week and stuff. So... Um, Long story short, the third person was raised a Jehovah's Witness, but she was married into a kind of a Christian. Um, her in-laws were Christian, but her husband wasn't going to church currently. So her and her husband weren't going to. 
So they knew the problems I was having in my marriage and, and stuff, and me and the older lady kept communicating. So she started go, kind of going to church, the third one, <clears throat> and then she would come to me and ask me questions. And so we were having in-depth Bible um, conversations of, okay, so I heard this in the sermons today. What does this mean? So she would come to me and ask me to de- go over what she was hearing in the service and the Sunday school. Um, she ended up becoming a Christian um, and then asked me to be her um, person for the baptism. So I was there when she was baptized. I actually baptized it. They changed things up, but I actually baptized her um, when she got baptized. So that's always been a, a cool um, connection between the two of us that she saw my life and how I was just trying to keep my marriage going, and it spoke to her on my faith, not just saying it and doing it, but living it every day. The, the, the thought that comes to me, Rachel, is, is just this, you know, this whole idea that, that God uses us in ways that we don't even know how it's going to come out. And one thing leads to the next, it leads to the next, to where there is a question. And also, the important thing was the availability to be able to be there to answer the questions that they have. And, and to be able to be accessible uh, to that. I, I just think that's an important part, again, where we're, we're, we're really giving testimony again to the fact that, that this is a mission field in many different forms. It's not always the same way that it will work. Thanks. So working in a factory can be rough at times. You can find all kinds of people in it. Um, and I really struggle with the group I'm around is, tend who, is usually who I tend to act like. Um, and I remember one day working at ATC, um, I was struggling with a new job and my boss walked over, walked over to my tool bench and started digging through my one drawer, which usually had my wallet and my phone and my headphone, uh, charger in it. And all of a sudden I hear my Bluetooth headphone connect, my other one connect, I only had one in and okay. And he put it in his ear and walked away okay, whatever, I guess you're listening to my music now. Um, and I had my Skillet um, playlist playing, and I think there's a Skillet song playing. I don't know if anybody knows who Skillet is. They're the best band ever. Uh, <laughs> Christian rock band. Um, not that you're biased. Not that I'm biased at all. Um, and the next song was a Chris Tomlin song, and I don't remember which one. Um, but my boss comes around the trailer and is singing that song. And I remember almost breaking down in tears. We and him have had wonderful talks about biblical talks. Um, He's prayed with me a few months ago when my grandma died. I had to leave at 9 o'clock to go to her funeral, and he stopped me on my way out to pray with me. Um, But the high point of our relationship, I think, is a couple months ago we had to go to another plant. Um, And he drove his truck around and picked me up, and I... He had his truck off, and we turn. We get in, and he turns it on, and Paul, he had pulse playing, and he turned it as high as the radio would allow, um, and we drove down to the other plant, screaming and yelling and singing as loud as we possibly could, um, a praise song, and so finding those people in your workplace that you can lean on, that you can talk to, um, and just have a good time with is really important. 
Great testimony, AJ. Thank you. That's that's really neat. This is Joe Cross. Yeah. Um, being in sales and having a, a lot of customers, a lot of traveling, what impressed me to be more aware of what God is doing in, in my life and the need to share. One of my customers had a Bible on his desk, and he had a lot of little markers in it. So after our conversation, when I was ready to leave, I mentioned the fact that he must have been reading the Bible and, and pointed that out, and he, his face lit up, and he got so excited. And he started opening the Bible to different points, and he said, did you know this? Did you know this? And as he was reading these, and I, I said, yes, I, I grew up knowing these things. And, he's, and, and he said, why didn't somebody tell me sooner? And that just broke my heart. And after that, I was more, tried to be more aware. If somebody makes a comment that would open the door for me to share, that I do that. Thank you. Um, this is Dawn Gerber, and um, working in the schools, we have so many opportunities to work with kids and how they're hurting. Um, sometimes, you know, it's a matter of seeking to understand first. A lot of times, uh, you know, I'll discipline and, but some, this one moment I remember of this girl who, I mean, she was not doing what she was supposed to. And instead of, it was getting towards the end of our time, our work together. And I, I pulled her aside and I said, I asked her what was wrong. And her mom had been gone for a few days and she was missing her mom. And, you know, it was, sometimes I think to seek and understand, take time to listen to the hurts. Draws you closer to them and gives you opportunities. And, um, but there are many times I, I fail at that and just react. But I think seeking to understand where they're coming from is huge at times. The power of just listening, the power of, of being present with someone and, and not knowing what others are going through. And um, I just think it's an important lesson for us to not make any assumptions about anyone in terms of, of what they may be looking for, how it may be hitting them. Um, in some ways, it's sort of a blind offering. We make ourselves available. We share a word of encouragement. We even just share a verse or, or, or some some sort of faith-centered kind of statement, even in the mildest way. And we do that offering. We don't know what's going to come of it. Now, a year from now, 10 years from now, or in eternity. We don't know who's going to come up to us in heaven and say, do you remember me? And we will say, I don't. Until they say, you told me this one time, or you said this to me, or you opened a door for me, or you, you smiled at me in a time where I thought the world was completely unfriendly. We don't know, but we, we offer ourselves. Uh, anyone else this morning? These are just wonderful testimonies.
up here. Hi there, I'm Rose. And um, what's been on my heart lately, well, I'm in service work. Mark told me when we got together, married years ago, one of us has to be in service work. I'll work, you just stay in God's business. And I started out um, in food ministry, and I'm still in food ministry. Um, God's really showed up and showed out and blessed me. I'm at Milford Food Bank. And um, he just shows me every day that he's involved in, our, he, he's present, and he makes me aware of him on a daily basis. The other day I had so much stuff in my car, and I was so discouraged because I was so tired. And I was thinking, oh, my goodness, Dawn's at work. Who am I going to call? And um, I got a phone call, and actually it's one of our people. I said, Rose, we're in need. We're in need. And I just said, hi, I'm on my way. And God showed me at that moment that he had a plan in action. He knew all along where that was to go. And um, Thursday, I was shown, now listen, you can, I feel like I can feed people to hell every day, right? If it is not combined with the word of God, then as you said, it's futile. So the other day, um, on Thursday, there was a motorcycle accident in Elkhart, and the bypass in South Maine, and a female was killed. Well, I didn't realize till the next day that it's one of my friends. And I had met her at a food bank probably four years ago. And I take many people to food banks. And during that time, in that hour, they're in my car. So I'm listening to WFRN. Or I'm saying, hey, man, let me tell you a story. And I tell them of my journey, of mine and Mark's journey. We were homeless seven years ago. Look what God has done, you know? Because I think it's very important. Jesus has to show up, or why am I doing anything that I do, amen? So um, when my, one of my friends called me screaming, I was on the bypass actually Thursday morning. No, Friday morning screaming, Rose, that motorcycle accident, that was Debbie. I'm like, oh, Jesus, Lord, no. I said, well, I got to get off her. I'm on the highway. She has a 14-year-old um, crippled daughter. She had, two weeks prior to that, they had called me and said, Rose, we, we're in need. I said, well, let's do a convoy, man. Let's go to South Bend. And she had her mother with her, and I was able to meet her mother that first day. And she was so excited. She had just put down on a house, you know? And um, we just had such a wonderful day. But the first thing that popped in my head when I hung up that phone, did you fully share the gospel of Christ? And I'm like, oh, man, did I? You know, I, I'm real good at saying, hey, dead man, you know, God answers prayers. You pray for anything today, or I... God is good. Look what he's done in my life. But I, it just brought home to me that our purpose here, as Mark said, is to be Jesus' hands and feet. You know what I'm saying? And everyone we meet, we don't know if it's their last day. She was only 53. So um, that's my prayer for myself to be more aware that my, my life, my actions, my is centered on today. What does Jesus want me to do? May I be aware of the hurting and the loss? May I have time? Time is such a huge issue to see that person in the line that looks sad. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so just um, pray for Debbie. Her name's Debbie Holman, her family. She's got uh, three boys and a 14 year old girl. And um, thanks. Yeah. Thank you, Rose. To be ready, to be equipped, to, uh, to, to let God do the work. We may not always know what to do or what to say, but to be able to offer it.
and to, to offer that as, as a labor of love. I, I think the, the, the message there that Rose has just very clearly given to us, and, and all of you have, is this question of do we live our lives in the readiness of the eternal purpose and not just the earthly purpose? Do we allow ourselves to relate to people according to what the eternal calling God has for them is and not just the immediate? Moses prayed in Psalm 90, verse 12, teach us to number our days aright. Now that's an interesting way of thinking of it. How do we number our days aright? And then he goes on to say that we may gain a heart of wisdom. But I think this question of numbering our days aright is to say, look, no matter how hard or difficult, it will be a short time before we too will be called home. And these years that we get so embroiled in, these jobs that we get so caught up in, are, are, are simply um, a, a sh very, very short time. But the important thing is, is that we use that time that we have. We don't miss those opportunities, that we, we listen with the ears and with the heart of God to the needs of those that are around us. I simply want to share very quickly, and I'm going to do quite a bit of summarizing here, um, was there anybody else? Was there? Yes. I don't want to miss anybody. Is it, last call, if you just raise your hand, and if we need more calls, you just tell me and we'll keep going. So go ahead. For FYI, for your information, I think the other person in that motorcycle accident was David Weissong. Mm -hmm. so remember him. Yeah. Thank you, Phil. Keep that in our prayers. Over here. Anybody else yet over here? Go ahead and raise your hand. I have one more thing to say. Uh, I still do home studies and still place babies for adoption. And the, the Lord supplies me with lots and lots and lots of energy and, and hope and faith. And I never go to work because I love what I do. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's, the opportunities will continue to be there as we seek them. I, I think, um, oh yeah, sorry. I just wanted to say as a student um, in Goshen College, um, I think, I don't work, but as a full-time student, that's basically my work is to study. But I, what I do to prepare to go to school every day is just find God, do devotions first thing in the morning and I use it as a time to actually prepare to do my studies. And before I do anything else, just surrendering my life and my days and my plans and my work ethic to him, I think really gives me the strength and the peace that surpasses all understanding. Just comes to me and I think um, that is what really gives me the strength to pull through each day. And I think that's um, seeking him it has been really helpful to me, and I think it's a really important thing to start off the day with. Thank you, Julia. And, and just to, to point out, in case you missed it, 
Barnabas and Abby June. This is their daughter, Julia. She's a student at Goshen College. And so when uh, Rod gave the prayer concern for Abby, Abby is Julia's mother, and uh, uh, she'll be having surgery this Thursday. But, but I think the other thing, Julia, that you, you've really challenged us with is it doesn't have to be... It, your, your job right now is being a student because you're being prepared and you're being equipped and you're studying at, for, for the, the years ahead. It doesn't have to be work in a job setting. Our job on earth under the Lord is all the time. It's every day. It's all that we do. And I love this, this encouragement to, to get up in the morning and pray every day, Lord, this day is yours. Show me, teach me, help, help me see the opportunities that are around me. And, and to encourage me and, and lead me by your spirit to be faithful in all of that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I also want to share that uh, from job, my current job, that working in the jail, that I never imagined them in my life. I think I've been learning humbleness. I, before, somehow I was ambitious that I could do something great. <laughs> um, but struggling with my own recidivism, as well as recidivism, so rampant in the jail and the work release. Not so much kind of proclaiming God Almighty, but at the same time seeing all those deadly recidivism among so many people. But still staying there, I believe I've been learning humbleness. And not only that, just from time to time, there has been some miraculous moment that Sometimes I meet people from the work release, how they yearn for God. Their yearning is so genuine and so beautiful, so pure, even through their addictions. So, yeah, I would say we meet many people different in our job. So that gives us some, letting us learn about humbleness, working together, and sometimes just being there. Yeah. Thank you, Sung Bin. Uh, Sungbin is uh, becoming a farmer um, because what you've just described is that we go to work every day and we plant seeds. And as you, I, that's the thought that hit me when you talk about we don't always see what's going to grow. But those verses you share, those reminders, or those responses you give uh, to, to those that come up to you and ask you a faith question. That's planting a seed. It's, it's planting seeds of faith that may grow. And you may see it. It may emerge later to where it comes back to you, or you may not. But in any, in any case, it's, it's a, an important thing to say, we don't always see it, but we take joy in the fact that we're, we're doing God's call to plant that, that faith and those ideas and, and to invite people to an encounter with the Lord. Yeah. Um, so I'm Raina. I'm also a student. And I wanted to share about my own personal experience about God kind of like, I guess, showing me to stay calm in a situation that I didn't really know how to answer. So I was at a sleepover with some friends. And there was a guy there who's kind of like, he hangs around with a bunch of girls. And he told me that, he kind of like 
they all kind of stared at me, and he looked at me, and he's like, Reyna, I, I'm gay. And I feel like he kind of, like, just pulled me out of the whole group, and, like, because they knew I was Christian, and I think they kind of wanted me to, like, go off at them and get mad and, like, say something really mean, but I feel like God was kind of calming my nerves and saying, like, I told him, I was like, I might not believe what you believe, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop being your friend. And I feel like God really used that situation to kind of show them that it doesn't matter that we believe something. Like, we don't all have to believe the same thing. Like, I can still love you even if you don't believe the same thing as I do. And I feel like they didn't respond. Like, I don't think they knew how to respond to that. I think they're just so surprised that I calmly just said, I'm still going to love you. I'm still going to be here for you. But just because you think or do things that I don't do, it doesn't matter because I'm going to still love you because I have God on my side and because he's going to be there behind me too. So I just wanted to share that too. Thank you, Raina. Wow. That is a powerful challenge for all of us to represent Christ because the entire message of Jesus Christ was offering the grace and love and forgiveness and redemption and salvation to every single person. That's the call of the church. That's the call for each one of us. That's our mission, is to represent Christ well in this world. And we will not shrink back, and we will not react. We will simply respond with, and thank you for that testimony, the love of Christ that says, I will still love you, I may not agree with you. You may make the choices that you feel that you need to make. I will, it is not my job to condemn, but it is my job to represent Christ well in grace as well as in truth and to be able to offer that. And you may have opened the door. There may be further opportunities uh, to, to minister to. Who knows? But, but what, a, what a great example uh, from from our our youth, our young people, to be able to say, you know, God is working through us wherever we are, and and that is our labor in the kingdom of God. That is our work. And so we, when I would like to redefine Labor Day as. Labor for the Lord day. And, and to, to understand our calling in that. I don't, I don't want to cut anybody off any, any other ones. But thank you, thank you, thank you. I must be different. When I was, <clears throat> I learned about work when I was pretty young and I hated it. I remember like I was like five or six years old. Well, first I had one sister older and four younger. So guess who had to do dishes? <laughs> but I did learn later on in life that there is a reward. Work is something that is a necessity. And the better the work, the greater the reward. That's the way I was always taught. Be proud of what you do. Yeah, to, to be able to embrace it and to not feel like it's something that 
that you have to try and get out of or or that it's it in it in itself is bad there is there is uh, the reward of it as well and to be able to to do it as we're called to do in every aspect of faith to do whatever we do and we'll we'll see a verse about that in just a few minutes I said at the time but I was working at the Goshen Middle School I was going through a really rough patch time in my life, and I had just gotten a new boss, and I wasn't quite sure how to take him. But I found out that God must have put God put me there for a reason. Because had I been in my former job, I never would have gotten through that time without Him, because He always knew when I was going through a rough patch or whatever, and he never, ever have hesitated to say, Rhonda, would you like me to pray with you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I had never known that before in a, in a job. And he even, if I had, there was other people there that were struggling or whatever, he would also, I remember one time he was, we were in the cafeteria, and he was in there, and he overheard somebody say they were, going through something, and he did not hesitate to say, I will pray with you all. And I guess now I can look back and say, you know, even though the job was very challenging, he, God put me there to say, you can get through the challenges as long as I'm on your side. Thank you, Rhonda. Appreciate that, that encouragement. Um, to, to be ready when that opportunity comes. And we may not have answers, but to be willing to pray and to offer that, I think, is a, is a powerful thing. And you've also touched on something else that is a part of the biblical perspective about work, is that it is, it, it is God that provides. Work is, in fact, itself a form of God's provision for us. It's a way that, that uh, not only does God provide for us, but it's a way that in our work, uh, we can demonstrate the reality of God. And um, with, uh, without God, we can work at something and it's not going to be effective. But with God and with God's presence, he enables us to work effectively and to be not just effective in our work, but in our witness as well. Um, Psalm 127 says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. So unless the Lord watches over the city, it says, the guards stand and watch in vain. It is the presence and the power of God that makes effective any work we do. And it is that provision that is powerfully important. You know, um, I had to think of this actually when, when Oren was sharing. Robert Frost once wrote, the world is full of willing people. Some willing to work and the rest willing to let them. <laughs> we, are, we all are working in one form or another. Um, you know, when Isaiah says in chapter 40, verse 29, he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might, he increases strengths. Sometimes people leave that part of the verse out when they quote this. 
He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not faint. That's the power of God working in and through us. And what you have all shared, everyone, is these testimonies come out of the fact that you were working with God. And that's something, uh, another point I would just make is that all of our work should be working with God. Everything we do, we are called to do for him. And uh, we, we understand that, that, that all of the hard work that we do, God is present. He's with us. He's working. And if we can acknowledge that and recognize that and, and even just say uh, some prayers, not just a devotional at the beginning of the day, but to talk about it and say some prayers, whisper some prayers throughout the day uh, of, to help keep us centered to help keep us focused, to help keep us remembering that God is with us in our work and can be teaching us and we can be growing and we can be learning and we can be listening. Work is an important opportunity to partner with God. It's not something meant to be done independent of God. That's what it means when it says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. It's a privilege to participate in what God is doing, and you've given testimony to that today. And our work is to be for God. And I would just share with you a couple of verses. Um, in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can. Do we believe that verse and do we hold that verse up and say, I may not have an answer in this situation or with this coworker or with this friend in this setting. I may not have the answers, but God will use whatever I offer and make that for the good. Proverbs 14.3, all hard work brings profit, but mere talk only leads to poverty. My food, Jesus said in John 4, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Proverbs 16, 3. Commit the Lord to the Lord whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. We don't have to figure it all out or to know or have it clear and exact and see the results. We just simply commit our work to be for God. And what he calls us to. Colossians 3.23 says. I'm going to give you these two passages. As we wrap up today. Colossians 3.23 doesn't say. In your, in, in your job. When you go to work. When you're on the task. That's. No it doesn't say that. It says. Whatever you do that pretty broad whatever you do work at it with all your heart as working for the lord not for human masters and in first corinthians 
10.31, very similarly, Paul says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, not when you come to church, not when you do this or that or a Bible study, whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And I wish, I'm just going to give you this. We talked about work this morning, but what about worship? What about our wealth? What about our engagement with God's word? What about our witness? Because that whatever you do was not singularly focused on just going to work or just being at home or being out in the yard or it's whatever. Meaning, how much do we work at representing God well, hearing God well? How much do we actually work at in every task we do, committing it to the Lord? Now, I grew up with a lot of manure. We had 16,000 laying hens. That's a lot of manure. And I will honestly say, one of the tasks that I couldn't stand the most was having to shovel out the chicken houses. It was not pleasant. I have a different view of it now. I will gladly scoop poop for the Lord. Whatever you do, including that, do I do it as to the Lord? Seriously, if we did that, think about how our day would look and think about how, how different our lives would be if we committed it all to the Lord. You know, in Nehemiah's day, he didn't miss opportunities. They thought the rebuilding of Jerusalem, the wall, not going to happen he says in Nehemiah 4.6, So we rebuilt the wall till all of it reached half its height, for the people worked with all their heart. That's what God wants from us. In anything we do, do it with all our heart for the Lord. There's someone else who did not miss her opportunity during her years on earth, and that was Mother Teresa of Calcutta. An American television network filmed an interview with her in India, and she was a woman who gave her life to feed the starving people and minister to the dying. The person conducting the interview asked Mother Teresa about her feelings of being used for God to minister to the poor. Her little work was known worldwide. Even the President of the United States knew her and her labor of love. And, you know, and so he's asking her about her feelings. She said this, but it is his work. I think God wants to show his greatness by using my nothingness. She was asked later, do you feel you, feel you have no special qualities? The interviewer asked and she replied, I don't think so. I don't claim any of the, the work. It's his work and I'm like a little pencil in his hand. 
That is all. He does the thinking. He is doing the writing. The pencil has nothing to do with it. The pencil has only to be allowed to be used. In other words, she didn't claim any of the work. It was God doing it through her. May we see all of life and all our work for that. And may this closing song be a prayer for us and a commitment for us. Let's mean it when we sing, God, take my life and let it be ever consecrated, holy for thee. Have the team come up and lead us as we sing. Take my life and let it be people of God that for all of us it's ever and only 
all for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? I hope so. May we become a working people, laborers in the vineyard. May we become the new wine that God calls us to be in this world. With all the darkness and all the labor and the, the, the struggle and the hurt and the brokenness, let us be the new wine of love and healing and caring and witnessing for the kingdom of God. Go forth this day and every day in the name of Jesus Christ, in the power of God's love and in the ministry of the Holy Spirit to shine God's light to this world. Amen and amen.